Radio Zeitgeist on KFUK Austin. KFUK Radio. A scandal has hit Bernie Sanders after a video emerged of Sanders more than 40 years ago starring in a pornographic movie. The 1973 one-reeler was called Vermont Me, You Vixen, billed as, quote, the film that leaves you screwed, blued, and Jude. Sanders was characteristically forthright talking to reporters about the film. I insisted my female co-stars make the same pay I did, and I made sure even the fluffer got health care. In the movie, Sanders went by the show business name Rock Hard, but see if you can spot a young Bernie Sanders finding his voice in this clip. I am so horny here in Vermont, real maple syrup no longer satisfies me. Who could that be? Hello. I have come to deliver your pizza, and although you and I have never met and perhaps have basic areas of disagreement on sex positions and doing anal, we might have common ground in our mutual horniness and our desire to reform the corporate tax system. And maybe, just maybe, we can bang. Oh, baby, if I must your hair, do you promise never to comb it for the rest of your life? I will make and keep that promise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, keep your okay. sweater on. Oh, yeah. I have come. And now I must make you come equally. Yeah. Oh, here I go. Oh. I am experiencing enormous pleasure from this encounter. Free health care. Oh, yes. <gasps> this condom was free. It is government issued. Another band 
when I found Jim's work, I was at KNON in Dallas you know, two decades ago, give or take. At the time, James Howard Kunstler of Upstate New York, again, formerly editor and writer at uh, Rolling Stone right out of grad school back in the 70s. Uh, Jim was being published all over newspapers, op-eds all over North America on what's called peak oil. The idea is that we've um, argued about the numbers for years, but we've gone, the quick and dirty is we made an investment basically of the modern age of modernity, financial markets, promises to repay debts, all based on the um, the oil being a um, being a resource forever. We all learned it from dinosaurs, right? Old dinosaurs. So anyway, peak oil, the idea that we reached um, past the, the uh, rear end of the bell curve, and it's going to be a law of diminishing returns in everything. Everything we depend on is tied to that. Now, I keep threatening to get into Claire Graves' Spiral Dynamics. Uh, my mentor, Claire's old partner, Dr. Don Beck, who brought together South Africa with Spiral Dynamics. We're supposed to be working on a book this year called Stratified Democracy. Uh, we humans are learning to master complexity. We're at a very critical point, uh, a nonlinear shift, an inflection point, I noticed someone even stuck that in Joe Biden's teleprompter. I think he plucked that from Jordan Peterson, frankly, or someone did. So that's that's the context that Jim gets into here. He's, um, go, you can always go to Kunstler.com. He's published several books uh, as a novelist, imagining what it would look like if we were living some sort of uh, uh, collapse of the way our grandparents farmed, plus Twitter <laughs> or something. Uh, all right, that's that's your context here on the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast today, only on Radio Zeitgeist. We're in it now for sure. Now we're finding out the hard way how much daily life must change and is changing, and how disorderly that process is in every way from the imperative daily life adjustments to our spiritual attitudes about them. When I wrote The Long Emergency, Jim writes, 20 years ago, I never thought that once it got going, our government would work so hard to make it worse. My theory then was just that government would become increasingly bloated, ineffectual, impotent, and uncomprehending of the forces converging to undermine our advanced techno-industrial societies. What I didn't imagine was that government would bring such ostentatious stupidity to all that. Obviously, there was some recognition that ominous changes were coming down. Otherwise, we wouldn't have heard so much chatter about alt-energy, quote, sustainable growth, green, this and that. But the chatter was more symptomatic of wishful thinking for at least a couple of reasons. One, mostly it ignored the laws of physics, despite the fact that so many people involved in enterprises such as wind and solar energy were science and tech mavens, and two, there was a dumb assumption that the general shape and scale of daily life would remain as it had been. In other words, that we could still run suburbia, the giant cities, Disney World, Walmart, the U.S. military, and the interstate highway system just the way they were already set up, only by other means than oil and gas. Now we're finding out the hard way how much daily life must change and is changing and how disorderly that process is in every way from the imperative personal adjustments to our spiritual attitudes about them. As with so many things in history, this disorder expresses itself strangely, even prankishly, as if God were a practical joker. 
Who would have imagined that our politics would become so deranged? That there would be battles over teaching oral sex in the fifth grade? That the CDC would keep pushing a vaccine that obviously doesn't work and that so many people would still take them? That stealing stuff under $1,000 in value wouldn't merit prosecution? That riots featuring arson and looting are, quote, mostly peaceful? That would send $50 billion halfway around the world to defend the borders of another country while ignoring the defense of our own borders? That financially beset Americans would spend their dwindling spare cash on tattoos? Notice that all of these strange behaviors have really nothing to do with making practical adjustments to the way we live. The collective psychology of all this is bizarre. Of course, mass formation psychosis accounts for a lot of it. Groups under duress, suffering from loneliness, purposelessness, helplessness, and anxiety will fall into coordinated thought and action if presented with some object or someone to fixate their ill feelings upon. Donald Trump was such an object. He galvanized about half the country into an intoxicated fury aimed at destroying him. It actually managed to drive him off the scene via a fraud-laced election, which many in power, local officials and judges, deemed a means justifying the desired end. That success reinforced their mass formation psychosis. Alas, having succeeded against Mr. Trump, they were left without a galvanizing object to focus on. So, they adopted one of the devices of Trump riddance, COVID-19, as the next object of all their distress and anxiety, adopting the mRNA vaccinations as their next savior du jour. Unfortunately, the vaccination scheme has gone very much awry, and now millions face a future with damaged immune systems. The horror of that is too awful to comprehend, especially by government, which caused the problem in the first place and can't possibly admit it without demolishing its legitimacy. So it presses on stupidly and heinously with the vaccine program. Already, all causes deaths are substantially up, and in time, the recognition of how and why this happened will reach a point of criticality. It will all be too obvious to ignore, Jim writes. But by that time, probably not far away, the economy will be so wrecked, the people of America so deranged, and our circumstances so desperate that the government will resort to a supremely stupid act of national suicide, say, starting a nuclear war. The government under Joe Biden seems perfectly disposed to that possible outcome. Which brings us to the spiritual part of the story. Those unused to consorting with alleged higher powers might consider getting used to prayer. Lately, a new derangement is overtaking Western civilization for the excellent reason that Western Civ gave birth to techno-industrial societies and is now first to undergo the alarming demise of that system. I speak of the World Economic Forum, under one Klaus Schwab, in its stated ambition to build back better, based on its unstated premise that the current system must be nudged to its death sooner rather than later, and on purpose. All the governments of Western Civ nations seem coordinated on this. But it's not going to happen as Mr. Schwab and his followers hoped, for at least a couple of reasons. First, as already stated, God is a prankster and likes to throw knuckleballs at the human race. Anyway, the better, in quotes, that Mr. Schwab expects is an ultra-techno-industrial transhuman scheme that is unlikely to come about if the support system of the older techno-industrial system is no longer available to support it. As currently conceived, Build Back Better depends on electric power, 
and that is one of the major subsystems of our system that already looks like it's going janky. You get the idea, I'm sure, so I'll cut to the chase for now. About a year ago, I had my French easel set up on a country road nearby and was busy painting a motif at hand when along came a horse-drawn wagon filled with four men in severe black-and-white clothing wearing beards. They were apparently a bit surprised by the strange side of me painting a picture, and they stopped to chat. They were Amish and had lately moved to the county from down in Pennsylvania, which was running out of farmland for their fruitful people. Not a half hour later, a second horse-drawn wagon passed by. I admit, the incident gave me a thrill. Not just the sensory pleasure of the horse's ripe animal smell and the gentle rhythm of their clip-clopping along, but since I had lately been writing a bunch of novels about life in a post-economic collapsed town like my own, The World Made My Hand series, I enjoyed the strange delight of being transported briefly into a scene of my own imagining, the prequel of my own books. Mr. Kunstler sums up, many more Amish are landing in the county these days. I hear they go around to the failing or inactive farms with bundles of cash and make an offer just like that. Evidently, the method works. It's given me a business idea. To start an Amish skills school, buy a few acres with a barn, and hire some Amish men to teach all us non-Amish how to do a few things that might be good to know in the years ahead, like how to harness horses to a cart or a mule to a plow. The Amish like to make a bit of cash money when they can. That's my idea of how to build back better. What do you think? I think you should stay glued to... Tom Friedley at Radio Zeitgeist.